Welcome to the Living Boldly Podcast. This is Anel, your host. Join me once a month as I interview a phenomenal woman from the I Am Bold, I Rise campaign, where she will be sharing her story of overcoming adversity and giving you tips on how to live your life boldly. Thank you for joining our February podcast. This month's feature in the I Am Bold, I Rise campaign is Lisa Marie Gallegos. Lisa Marie Gallegos is a post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, and childhood trauma speaker. She's the host of It's Time to Pivot podcast and a professional development coordinator at USC. Her public speaking evolved from developing and presenting trainings and workshops to teachers and parents on disabilities and mental health to then speaking about her own personal story of overcoming PTSD and childhood trauma. She speaks to military veterans, law enforcement agencies, and women empowerment organizations to encourage and bring hope to others experiencing similar challenges and adversities. Let's welcome Lisa Marie Gallegos. Welcome, everybody, to my February podcast. As you all know, we have an amazing guest with us this month for our February feature, Lisa Marie Gallegos. Ooh, it sounds famous. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you, Anel. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to talk to you, um, and I'm I'm grateful to be on and um, to share my story and just to chat and, and be around great people like you is always a great thing. So thank you for the invite. Yes, of course. Thank you so much, you know, for deciding to be a part of the campaign. Um, I actually didn't know uh, Lisa very long. Um, Mm -hmm. We met through a mutual friend and we connected and we had so much similarities as I do with a lot of the women Um, that I invite to be a part of the campaign. Uh, But one of the biggest things I think for me that that stood out was um, having a a military spouse, right? This, this, uh, I don't know, for those of you who have not been following my journey for a while, may not have known, um, I was a military spouse for 11 years. And it really is a beautiful thing. You know, I, I, uh, even though you know I experienced a lot of hardship and heartache as a military spouse, I will say that one of the most beautiful things that I learned from being a military spouse was building community, which is now what I do with Bold Ascension. Um, and that really stemmed from, well, you know, growing, uh, moving around a lot as a child, um, but then being a military spouse. You know, like you have to make new friends because you're always moving and you're leaving them. Um, but Lisa has such a beautiful story, and I can't wait for you all to hear her amazing story. Um, but we'll start off by her sharing what bold means to her. Thank you for that introduction. Um, yes, I, you know, just to add on to that, when I first um, heard about you through our mutual friend. Um, I just, you know, everything was just so positive and I couldn't wait to meet you in person. Then when I met you in person, I just knew we had this connection. It was unspoken and, and I just love this relationship. So, um, it will continue for years. So thank you so much for being in, being in my space. <laughs> um, you know, that to answer the question, when you say bold, I, I'm a visual person. So like I'm a, when I learn, I have to like visualize things. And the first thing that comes to my mind are like bright colors, like a, a bright red, a bright purple, a bright yellow, you know, and, and it's like, it's, it's big and it's bold and it's, it's, it's loud. Um, mm. And then when I think about it as a behavior or, um, you know, more in, in adjectives in a, in a verb or, or, or in an action, I think about bold people. 
So right away, you think about these noteworthy people like Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks, um, famous people like Cesar Chavez and their boldness in stepping out of their comfort zone for something greater than their own cause. And just being out there and like Brene Brown says, you can't be bold without being courageous and being vulnerable. So you, you know, you have those people in your mind that you think those people are bold, right? Like Nelson Mandela. And it's like they're world's renowned renowned people. And then you also have people that you don't normally hear of that are think are bold as well. So like, um, people like you may not know this name, like Iris Gardner, she was married to a Navy SEAL mm-hmm. and their boldness and her boldness is not a household name, but her boldness in stepping out and talking about their struggle with PTSD as a marriage. And then not only that, but stepping out and talking about boldly about her sexual abuse as a child. Oh, and yeah. those people are courageous too. They might not be world known. Um, and there's so many other examples. The, the thing that I love about talking about boldness in, in all aspects of, of walks of life is that you can find boldness anywhere. And when people are bold, they're stepping out and they're stepping out in and again, in faith and in hope so that other people can learn from their experiences or for a movement or for a cause. So um, when you hear about people like Anel Para from Bold Ascension, right? (laughs) Yes, that is bold. That is stepping out and talking about things that happened to you and your your life and your courageous um, efforts to, to, to just get those resources out and gather people in the community um, and women with similar experiences and vulnerabilities and, and challenges, you're bold. That's, that's your boldness. Or um, people like um, Marine, female Marines, like, I don't know if you've yeah. ever heard of someone called, um, I think her name is Krista Ennis. So I she was that. Marine. Yeah, and she's an amputee. She, her helicopter blew up on, on, on oh, Washington wow. Ward. And she, her face is, com, was completely disfigured. They thought that she was dead on arrival, right? Wow. She wasn't. And she's bold enough to come out and talk about her struggle with not even wanting to live after this incident because her leg was cut off, yeah. because she had no jaw. Because she didn't want to live anymore, Anel. She didn't want to live anymore. And she's brave enough and bold enough to talk about her failed attempt of suicide. And she's, she's out speaking and being bold and so that other people that might be struggling with something similar to that can catch and hear that faith and hope that there are things that can be done, that there are people that are similar to situations that you and I and, and other women have been through and men too. Um, that's what's being bold for me. Yes, I love it. Right? And then aside from those people, the other people that I think are bold are people like my parents and a lot of other parents that immigrated here. Mm-hmm. My parents came here, I'll start with my mom, my mom, no one knows her name. She's not a rock star. She's not a you know, civil rights movement uh, activist. And, but she's like many other women that came here from Mexico. My mom came here because their, their family needed to survive. Mm-hmm. She, her father abandoned their family. their mm-hmm. six children. So my mom and the older, my aunt, the older um, of, the, of the siblings, went to work and my mom used to pick olives in Mexico in the hot sun um, to be able to provide for the family. Well, it wasn't enough. So she crossed the border and she came here um, not speaking English, um, not knowing anybody. And she was a nanny and a housekeeper to rich families in Bel Air and, and uh, Beverly Hills. And, and she learned English. She worked hard. She suffered many lonely nights 
but she was bold enough to make those changes and go through everything that she went through for a better life. And my father has a similar story, just like maybe a lot of our listeners, um, a lot, you know, I'm first generation here um, in the United States, born here. um, But those people, those are bold people. Those are bold moves to come here with nothing. You know, so you can find boldness anywhere if you look around. Absolutely. If you really look around, there are people around your, your, your circle. If you kind of shift your mindset from all the negative stuff that's out there and the news and, um, you know, surround yourself with, with people that have a, a mindset to look at something and, and, and a positive factor. And you'll be surprised that, you don't have to go very far no, to not at find all. bold people in your life. And, yeah. and so the, when, I, when I think of bold, that's what I think of. People that's, like that. That's beautiful. You said it so right on, which is one of the main reasons why I started this campaign. Because, you know, in TV, social media, we see amazing people, right? I don't want to take away from, from their awesomeness. Um, or their boldness. But I think it was more important for me, you know, someone who was going through a very difficult time, you know, at when I started Bold Ascension, to surround myself around other bold women um, who were not afraid to speak their truth. You know, and that is you know, why I created my campaign, because I wanted to create this platform to show other, and not just women, just to show others that this is, you know, from the outside looking in someone ordinary, but when you hear their story, you're like, wow, there's so much power and courage and boldness in there, in everyone's story. Um, that I feel like if we just took the time to sit back and, you know, learn from each other, we would all see that we all have, you know, the commonality of being bold by overcoming all the obstacles that we overcome. You're absolutely right. And, you know, and, that, and that's how we learn from each other. Yes. Um, and even though, for example, one of the reasons that I decided to come forward to share my story um, was because when I was in dark places and dark moments and, and seasons in my life, when I heard other women's stories, whether it was I was reading somewhere or I was listening to um, a podcast or reading an autobiography, um, learning about different women, those women, even though I didn't know them personally, them stepping out in their boldness helped me. Yeah. And so... I wanted to, to pay it forward because I knew that there were other women and other men as well that were in places. And as we, you and I are talking right now and, and, our, and, and people are listening, there are people right now, Anel, that are in their dark moment. Yes. There are people right now that are, are contemplating whether they want to live in this life or not. Mm-hmm. There are people right now that are depressed, um, that are trying to get through difficult moments of, uh, of trauma. Um, so this is, and, and it's not because it's not that we don't have fear because I'll tell you honestly, um, mm-hmm. before I, I started sharing my story, um, there was fear. I had fear of, 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 um, you know, people looking at me differently, people, you know, have changing their different, their outlook on who Lisa Marie Gallegos was. Um, I had fear about, you know, what were, what would be the consequences or, or uh, about in my career and my husband's career and my family's reputation. And then you have all this cultural background, you know, you know, wash your dirty clothes at home, don't air your dirty laundry. And so there's not that there, it's not that there, there isn't any fear. There is, but the boldness in you and the reason why we're sharing our stories is because we know that there are people that are going to benefit from it. And so yeah. if I have 
if I have to go through a little bit of fear and, and whatever it is that I'm, I'm going through, that's fine. If people yeah. are going to look at me or consider me in a different light, I'm willing to take that risk yeah, because I know all worth it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know the greater value and, and, and the outcome of helping someone else, some other family that's struggling is so worthwhile. Absolutely. Yes. I love it. I love, I could go on and on talking about this topic. Um, <laughs> but if we have time, I, I want to come back and chime in, but I want you to share your story. Like who yes. is Lisa Maria? What is your story? What was, what was so shameful or so like, what was it that had you thinking, what are people going to think about me? But you did it despite all that. Okay. So there are really two areas. One of them um, is going to be the PTSD in our family. Um, and one of the reasons I, I wanted to share um, our story about overcoming PTSD um, is because there's all this awareness about and all this, this, the resources that are focused on the actual service member, like, you know, the, the person that is experiencing a PTSD. And rightfully so. They need all the resources, you know, you know, they 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 need all of that support. But there are others that are involved in that fallout of the PTSD. That's the usually it's the spouse and, and the children. Absolutely. So um when my husband came back from Iraq, uh he came back with some pretty severe um PTSD. And so we you know, we really struggled um, for quite a bit of time and to the point where, you know, we're, he's going to get counseling. I'm going to go, I'm getting counseling, family therapy counseling. Um, and there are different stages of it where he's, you know, at first thinking he's going to handle it on his own. And, you know, that whole process of, of, of trying to get to that point of, of getting to the right therapist and then not not clicking with that therapist. You have to like look around for others. Um, so it's a whole process. Absolutely. So in, 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 in our moments, um, you know, I used to wake up in the middle of the night. He used to wake up in the middle of the night talking in a different language, thinking that he was still in a combat zone. And, you know, it was, it was very scary thinking that I was the enemy. So, or that he was still under, um, some type of attack and yeah. so remember it was very scary to try to talk him back into you know what you're safe you're okay you're back home i'm your wife let's get back you know back into reality yeah, absolutely. so it was it was a it was a lot of that and, and i'm not the only family um but that experiences this but oh, i'm stepping out so that i can represent those that um, aren't ready to share their story or that feel that there's nothing that they can do. Mm -hmm. um, and so my shame in it was that, you know, here I am um, going through all these different researching, different uh, strategies, different um, background stories on, on other type of uh, therapies that can be used. And I was just driving myself crazy because. Mm -hmm. It was a long process and, you know, at sometimes, uh, you know, it, it just was a nightmare to tell you the truth. <laughs> and so, yeah, you know, and, and a lot of families struggle through that, um, thinking that they're, that's the end of the, uh, of the marriage, that's the end of the family and, you know, enduring things that, that should not be endured. Um, and so, and there's a lot of stigma with it. There's a lot of stigma and, and yeah. bringing truth, right? Absolutely. And, and saying, you know what? My, my life is not perfect. I don't have a perfect marriage. You know, uh, things are not, you know, hunky-dory, uh, like they say, right? Um, and, and so getting to the truth of, look, this is what our problem is. This is where our situation is. We're trying. I'm trying everything that I can trying to figure out how to come to overcome this. Um, it ended up being that I left, I needed to leave my marriage. I left my marriage 
and we were separated for a while. Um, and at that point, it ended up being that he needed to really hone down and really get serious. And I believe that that was the breaking point for him to finally realize, you know what, I really need to get this under control yeah. and get the help that I need so that um, our story was that we did get back together. He did get the help he needed. That's awesome. We, and we did um, come out of this. And that was a triumph for us. And, and for me as a wife and, and he's in law enforcement now, um, I advocate for not just for the, the first responder, not just for the soldier, the Marine, um, yeah, to get their, spouse, their need. Yeah. yeah their needed, um, resources, but also for, for everyone else that's, that's affected by it. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. The other part of that story um, is that our daughter, um, you know, she she was just like done with it too. <laughs> but um, imagine, yeah, broken relationships and and broken um, father daughter relationships. But with the right help, now with the right resources, with being persistent and being resilient and 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 having that right support it is absolutely possible to recuperate your family. Absolutely. And that, that's one of the things that, that is um, big on my platform is to speak for those families, to, to come out and, and, and be in the light of the reality of what families go through yeah. and not be shy about it. It's okay. You know, things are not always perfect, but yeah. you can do, work and you can you can recover and make things better for you and your family absolutely I I oh I could so relate to your story <laughs> on so many levels because as you know a military spouse um, for 11 years um, you know having an ex-husband who suffered from PTSD that also wanted to fix it himself that mm -hmm didn't have a chain of command who was very supportive. Um, you know, looking back now, I just see where, like where we could have, like if at any point I would have intervened, you know, more or, or if we would have gotten the help that we needed, you know, maybe, or maybe we would be in the situation that we're in now, you know, but, you know, we, we were in this also in this marriage for so many years and, you know, trying to keep this facade, like we have a, a perfect life, you know, from the outside looking in, right. Mm -hmm. Once you get to a certain rank, you make decent money and, you know, you have all these benefits and, you know, people are like, oh, people in the military have it so easy. They get paid good. They have, you know, X, Y, Z. But you really, unless you're in the community, you really don't, you don't understand at what cost, right? Yes. You know, like you as a spouse understands, like, yes, you know, you, 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 you had this, you know, uh, your husband who had a, a stable job, but he didn't, he never came back the same, you know, and then trying to get him, you know, to, back to somewhat normal, because I don't think they're ever going to go back to what is normal after. Um, it takes so much work, so much time, so much effort. And what it does to a family, you know, it, it's, you know, like you said, broken relationships, the trust is broken. The, it's, you know, for my family, sadly, I didn't, I didn't um, speak up about it. Um, you know, and, and I, through therapy, I now realize like, it's not my fault. Mm -hmm. um, because for many years, I blamed myself, you know, like, I could have fixed him. I should have, I should have done this. I should have done this. But at the end of the day, it is also 
their responsibility to want to seek the help, right? For you, luckily, you know, it took for you to leave and he realized like, oh damn, I need to get my shit together or I'm going to lose my family. But sadly, sometimes it takes for something worse or drastic that you can't even come back from for them to realize that, damn, I should have gotten the help that I needed. And the resources are there. That's what sometimes like, drives me crazy that there's, you know, so many resources that the military has for the service member, for the spouse, for the family that is not being taken advantage of. And I think this is where me and you connected so like passionately because I lived through the bullshit of, you know, having the chain of command that isn't so supportive. That's like just you know, for the service member and doesn't think that the spouse or the family member really needs the help when it's like, we're the backbone of the house. Like we're who sustains the house when they're gone, when they're out fighting the war, but not enough effort is put into taking care of the spouse and the family. Absolutely. And now you hit on some really powerful um, points here. Um, one of them is, yes, um, there's that, there's still that stigma, you know, in reaching out to get the help um, when you're the service, the actual service member, because you have that, um, that fear, I'm going to lose my job, Absolutely. I'm going to lose my rank, I'm going to lose, you know, um, whatever it is, people are going to look at me thinking that, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to function and, and, and all of those things take to take into consideration and and it's part of the whole process of understanding that your family and your health are number one and and the other thing is that things are changing somewhat and that there's more awareness and that's where we're starting here there's more awareness and that's that's the first step the awareness and then after that is actually the strategies and implementing and reaching out and actually doing the work. And it is a lot of work. It's a consistency Absolutely. and it, it's, it's time consuming, but it's so worth it. The other thing that you mentioned, you said um, that you thought you can fix him yeah. and you were doing this and you were doing, or, or, you know, you felt like that was part of it. And I felt the same way. And a lot of spouses feel the same way. And we're going around crazy trying to trying to find everything that we can to fix the situation. Anel, I remember the day, the day, our, as I'm sitting here talking to you right now, remember the day, I remember where I was sitting, where he was standing over the arch of our kitchen, where I finally was able to just let go and understand that I had done everything that I could to try to resolve the situation, but it really wasn't up to me that I needed to continue my journey and healing from this and and, and moving on from this, whatever that looked like later on. And I needed to just let go. And because I have this, my anchor, one of, one of the things that has withheld me through all of these adversities is my faith in God. And I, I constantly just hold on to, to, to him um, and my faith. And I remember that very same moment where God was telling me, you know what, Lisa, you're fine. You're okay. You've done everything that you've could. Just let it go. He needs to do this. He needs to figure it out. He needs to follow through and make this happen. You're okay to just let it go. And you, if you're going to leave, go ahead and leave. You're okay and let the chips fall where they may and i've got you and you're fine but it's that same responsibility that i was putting on myself that you put on yourself that a lot of military spouses do unnecessary mm-hmm. responsibility and that that needs to be shifted to the the person and it could be we're talking about ptsd right now but it could be a lot of other things like trauma or, or other types of situations and adversities where you're trying to fix it all. You're trying to do all the research and all the legwork, but it's yep. really response. It's responsibility is the other person's. So, you know, and, and, and the thing is that 
Um, there's a lot of people in these situations that don't want to make it open or public. And I understand it. I've been there. I know. And they reach out. But at least there's someone, at least there's this conversation that you and I are having and we're putting it out there and that content's out there so that they know that they're not alone, that they're not thinking, they're not spinning their wheels and, and, and um, trying to resolve everything. Just know that there's hope and that there are resources out there so that they can overcome anything that there is out there and they're, they're facing as a family. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's such a heavy burden to carry, right? To think like that you could that it's solely your responsibility um you know to fix someone, but you know reach out to someone um you know if you're going through something like this because sadly you know in, in my situation it escalated to so much more and you know now the ripple effects of that in my life in my family um it's it's lasting like it's gonna be something that's gonna affect our family for the rest of our lives um you know but it doesn't have to get to this level um you know if if you catch it early on and get the help that you need, you know, like Lisa's husband um, got the help and he's, you know, I'm sure he's not like a hundred percent, but you know, you're, you're able to manage it with the professional help and with the support. Um, Absolutely. And, and it's a process, it's an ongoing process. So it's continue. It, it doesn't just stop with, Oh, you have like 10, um, sessions uh and that's it sign you off it's an ongoing process just just like any other um type of adversity where you need to go out and get some some extra support um it, it's a lifetime of of growing and tweaking things here and there and you might have some things that trigger you um, on both ends. And so you, you got to go in and get a tune up, you know, you got to, <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and that's out there. There are people out there that know how to, um, and, and for anyone that's, that's thinking about going out and getting, um, some help for this, don't get discouraged. If you get to a therapist and you may not click with that yeah. person, that's what happened to us. Yeah. Um, we went through a couple of them and some, were you know Matt and not that they were bad I'm not saying that you just need to find the one that yeah, works for you your language that yeah. makes it, you know, that makes you be like okay yeah I'm looking forward to the next session um, they get me they know where I'm coming from and a lot of the times it could be like a personality click it's like yeah, it, absolutely that's the way it is um, so don't give up just keep on you know it's it's a lot of work but it's worth it it's absolutely worth it yeah yeah thank you so much you know for sharing your story because i know it's it's never easy you know I, as you were sharing initially like the thoughts of you you know not wanting to share your story but then this is also you're sharing someone else's story you know could you imagine like what he what he experienced right and then you put on top of on top of it's just so many layers because then it's, it's the, you know, the, what, what, what ethnicity is he? He's Hispanic too. Okay. He's, yeah. So he's Latino. Yeah. So then yeah. you put all the Latino, you know, machismo on top of it. And then the military culture and it's just so many, so much layers on top of layers. And it's like, how do you really, get past it you just do it yeah just, yeah and please. you know um i know what you're talking about with the um, the one layer that you need to break through initially is in our culture at least in our parents generation you don't go get help you don't go get no. therapy no everything's okay you're you know that's for crazy people um and so that's what i love about what you're doing anel and it, it, bringing it out to the forefront and um, this whole movement of it's okay. It, it's great 
and everybody needs to go to therapy, whether you have PTSD or not. I think everyone yeah. can benefit from just bouncing things off of someone, someone else, you know? Um, and so, yes, that, that's part of, of the dynamics of, you know, being, um, that layer of breaking through that, those chains, those barriers, those patterns from our past. Mm -hmm. Um, so it, that's why I said it's a process and everyone is different. Everyone brings their own issues, you know, and, and what about this other layer? If like, for example, you come into the military and maybe you already have trauma from childhood from yeah. other, exactly. so it's like you're compounding that. So then when you get to therapy, not only are you going to need to like get through the, 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 Heal the that portion, yeah. <laughs> way deep and then like okay so what triggered this and and then go way to your childhood if you know if those are issues as well absolutely so, yeah and <laughs> i will say i will say like once you start that path you know oftentimes people i this is i do i do tell this disclosure to people every time that i encourage therapy because although therapy and also like you, God, is like my top three things that have gotten me through every difficult situation, I will say that therapy can, will make it worse before it makes it better. And here's why. Mm -hmm. Because this is, this is shit that you've never talked about. Like this is stuff that you try to like dig so deep down and try to act like it didn't happen. And yeah. then now you're like, you're like actually saying it out loud to a stranger and you're like, whoa. Yes. You know, so it's going to bring up a lot of emotions, a lot of confusion, just it's going to bring up so much. So sometimes I would leave therapy and be like, why do I feel bad? Like therapy is <laughs> supposed to be fixing me. It's supposed to be helping me. But my therapist who I have been with for a while now, and I love her. Um, she told me like, it's going to get worse before it gets good. And I'm really happy that she told me that because I would have probably been like, she doesn't know what she's doing. Yeah. Quit. I'm going to go find someone else. <laughs> But no, like I stuck through it and it was hard. And some days I hated her. And I was like, why would she make me like talk about this, write about this or, you know, but it healed me. It, yes. you know, there's, there's certain trauma that, you know, although like healing, you're never going to get like over it a hundred percent. Yes. But now like I could talk about things without breaking down and I could talk about yeah. things and like, you know, like you could actually understand me, you know, because before I'd be like, what? Like, yeah. So, you know, I'm going to tell you a short story um, related to this. So I, I'm, you know, going to the therapist and, uh, you know, talking about, you know, the, the PTSD and, and, you know, this, this incident happened and, you know, all of this. And then she starts at coming up with some other triggers. So then we start talking about these panic attacks I used to get. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not here to talk about my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Like, wait, wait a minute here, you know, I'm over here trying to talk to you about, you know, this is what happened. And, and he yeah. did this and I did this. And, and she's like, well, you know, digging up those things about and it was it was great after the initial shock of wait i'm not here for that exactly. so in that process we were able to dig into why i was experiencing some panic attacks um, yeah. that i started getting when we lived in germany and and uh so that was part of um something that I overcame as well um through therapy is 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 dealing and working through that part of my life too yeah yeah you're gonna unpack a lot of stuff so just be ready and, I know. and it's it's not a short like it's not something that you're just gonna go you know like if you have some trauma that you're gonna work through you know there it's not a short-term 
process. Like this is going to be a long-term minimum, like a year, two years, you know, so be, be ready to commit to, to this because it's, it's, it's a commitment, but it's so worth it. Um, I, I love therapy, you know, now that I'm getting my MSW, you know, part of, of my, my goal is to get licensed because it's, it's needed. It's needed in our community. Um, and I just, I could not like rave about it enough. And, you know, there's nothing like, um, congratulations, by the way, that's a huge achievement, Thank um, you. Huge commitment, so time consuming, you're going to be great. And there's, I always say this about the military community, um, and, and law enforcement too. You don't really know what it's like to live in that type of community. <laughs> And those stressors and, and, and there's certain things that are exclusive only to what your lifestyle is Absolutely. being in a military family. Yeah. And so when you have a therapist that's been through it, that's experienced it full on, full it's force different. like you, mm -hmm. when you go to someone that is a therapist and has never experienced anything like this, you kind of doubt their ability because it's hard to really relate to someone that doesn't really um, have that one-on-one -on -one knowing of, of what the challenges are. Absolutely. So, I mean, you, you are very rare um, and there's a lot of people that are going to benefit from you and your services. I'm sure you're going to just change so many lives. And now you really are, you already are, but then you know, with your yeah. degree, you're yeah. going to change so many lives. Thank you. Thank you. Um, that's my hope. And that's why I do what I do. But since we're on the professional area, yeah. tell us a little bit more about what you do with uh, UCLA, right? USC. Oh, oh USC. My God. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> I know it was you something. <laughs> USC, I'm sorry. Tell us a little more about what you do with USC. Um, I forgive you. <laughs> so at USC, I'm the professional development coordinator for the School of Early Childhood Education. And so what I do here is that um, I train um, our staff, our entire staff, um, and parents on several uh, different topics. Um, anywhere from emotional intelligence, um, balance and wellness. Um, we did a, uh, I did a training and a workshop just not too long ago on grieving um, and a lot of different areas. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I do group coaching for USC and these groups. Um, and there's, there's also team building and leadership workshops and trainings that I do for for our staff and for our parents and wow. also behavior on behavior as well. Um, so yeah, I, I do that. I, I love what I do. Um, and I enjoy it very much because it really crosses over to a lot of not just professional development because you can't really separate your personal development and your professional. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's hand in hand. It's hand yeah. in hand. So um, I do that for USC, and uh, I have a great time. That's that's amazing, and even like even with this, like how much more of a trainer does does dealing with your like fixing and healing your own personal things does this make you, you know? And I, this is what I love about our field. Um, you know, at, with coaches, especially, I, I actually have met a lot more therapists going into like the coaching world because it's like, they mm -hmm. feel like they could do more. Um, there's more freedom. Yes. Yeah. There's more freedom, you know, to like, to make a bigger impact. And I feel, you know, with, with, there's a lot of, you know, like fine lines, like how much you could share with your clients when you're a therapist. And for yeah. me, um, I think that's going to be one of my biggest struggle because I wear 
like my emotions on my sleeve. I'm like such a transparent, like this is my whole life. Um, <laughs> you know, like this is what I've been through. This is what I've overcome because I want to show others like it's possible. Yes. You know, like, like we were talking in the beginning, like I want my, everything that I do with Bold Ascension is to inspire hope. That's it. Yeah. Whether I'm speaking, whether it's when I'm writing my book, whether it's when I'm doing the mm -hmm. campaign, whether it's when I'm doing my podcast, like everything that I do, my intention is to inspire hope. And you do, and you do it very well. Well, thank you. So, yes, absolutely. You have, you're just bold. So everything <laughs> is just amazing and, and you're doing a fantastic job. Um, and you're right, you know, when you are working for, um, an agency or, or university, you do have to abide by what their policies and their procedures are. And so you're, you're a bit limited on, on really being all of, sharing all of you. Um, and so the, the beauty of um, having that freedom and, and being able to be vulnerable, it does cross over though. And you, yeah. you know, as I'm doing my workshops, as I'm speaking um, for USC, um, I'm also doing it on a personal level so that I can, and, and like with you right now, um, so, you know, my husband and I speak at different events for law enforcement and veterans, um, and we share our story. And so that's something yeah. that, that, you know, we're stepping out, we're stepping out in faith and, and um, being bold <laughs> about it. <laughs> and so... The other thing that we're doing is um, we, I started a podcast um, as well. And mm -hmm. so my intention there is called it's time to pivot podcast. Mm -hmm. So what I, what my intention is there is that um, I wanted to bring stories, not just stories like, you know, with PTSD, but stories about other people that have overcome different adversities, different families, um, overcoming a lot of different things and what were their pivotal moments and what were the strategies that they used. Um, so we have people coming on that have published books and, 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 you know, they're published authors, but we also have regular people, uh, people like you and me that, um, have stories that we can learn from. And so that's part of what we want to put out there. We want to put content out there that is going to be educational and educational, inspiring. Um, and again, one of the, the reasons why I tried to do a podcast was because I spend a lot of time commuting to USC. So I'm on the road a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so um, people can listen to podcasts like yours, like what we're doing right now mm. on their hour and a half drive. Absolutely. In and out of work. Mm -hmm. um, and there's so, only so many radio stations and, and books on tape you can listen to. So putting a podcast out there and inviting people to be vulnerable is one of the other things that we decided to do to share um, that message of hope, that message yeah. that, you know, everything's going to be okay. Everything's okay. Yeah. I love it. I was, that was, you read my mind because that was my next, I was going to throw in your since we're talking about being vulnerable, let's talk about it's time to pivot podcast. So I love that you brought it in um, because it's definitely, uh, you know, a big part of who you are and a big part of what you do. Um, you know, you're also very transparent. Um, and I love, you know, that you invite d different guests onto your podcast as well. Um, so what would you say? has been your pivot, like your pivotal moment? If I had to say, um, I've had many um, pivotal moments and um, there's not just like one huge one. And why I decided on the name, it's time to pivot is because in the world of professional and personal development, um, there's this whole transformation right now where there's these words of manifestation and transforming and there's workshops and there's awareness about a lot of different things. And it's amazing and it's awesome. But a lot of the times I think people think 
I'm going to this conference. I went to this training. I got all this information. You're hyped up and you're like, I'm doing this and I'm going to, you know, going to do the journal. I'm going to wake up early and do my meditating. I'm going to drink my water. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to get my sleep. I'm going to do, those are a lot of things. Yeah. So how do you keep the momentum? So for pivots, just like a basketball player and the sports analogy of it, you make little pivots here and there. Yeah. You make one little move, one pivot this way, one pivot to the left, one pivot to the right. It's about making these little small pivots that add up and you do them little by little, day by day. Be consistent about it. And soon those pivots will create a movement and you'll have your pivotal moments, like your large pivots in your life where you're making all of these tremendous amount of changes that that are like substantial. But it's really about the small little mini pivots and the micro pivots, I like to call them. Yeah. So, and, and, and you know, it's, I love all of this movement that especially in our, in our, um, in our culture, in our Latina culture, man, we're on fire right now. There are so many Latinas out there bringing awareness. Um, and I'm loving all of it, but remember, it's not just one huge pivotal moment. It's yeah. a lot of little things. The making the phone call to make that appointment. The, the getting up early, yes. And one thing at a time. And then sooner or later, you're going to be pivoted into a whole different realm of, of, of your life, of your situation that you're in. And you can pivot out of any situation that you find yourself in that no longer serves you. Absolutely. And you said, you said something that I wanted to touch on real quick is you know with all with there's so much out there so much and i love it i love that we're 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 like we're just hungry for growth and we to we want to learn more and i love it but sometimes i know that it could be overwhelming right i've been to i've probably invested maybe 20 30,000 dollars in personal development Yes. On workshops, on books, on trainings, on this, on this, on this, on this, on this. And I think initially I was just like a personal development junkie. You know, I was going to this, I was going to this, I was going to this. And then it's like the momentum was going, okay, so let me go to this, let me go to this. And I was trying so many different things that I was overwhelming myself. So, so, yeah, yeah. like like it was just like, this is too much. Like, I can't, like, I'm not going to be although I wish I was like a mini Tony Robbins, like I'm not going to be, you know, like everything that Tony Robbins says, like I'm not going to do it exactly. So what I decided I'm going to do is I'm going to take a major takeaway from something and what I've done over time. I didn't think I like consciously did this, but what I did over time is then I just created my own what worked for me, what didn't, this is what I'm going to keep in my toolbox is what I'm going to keep in my toolbox. And now I've created bold ascension based on all these workshops that I went, seminars that I've attended, trainings that I've been through, books that I've read, podcasts that I've listened to. And that's what personal development is. It's just doing the little things that are going to, like you said, make you just pivot this way right, left, you know, and it'll put you on the path that you need to be on. So yeah, don't expect like one major training that's just going to like, that's it. You're going to get all the answers because exactly, it's not. Yep. You know? Absolutely and it's a, right. a never ending journey, which I love. Um, yeah. But as, yeah. but yeah, but in life, we're students of life forever. Yes. And, and we got to pace ourselves. We got to, we got to let the information sink in and process before we jump into the next thing, because you're not allowing the other, the first thing to marinate and and follow through. And so you're just piling too much. This is what we're talking about is just like piling too much on you. (laughs) Just have a little bit of uh, self love and self care. Like we say, and um, give yourself some space. Give yourself some time to process 
all the wonderful information that's out there. And there's so much of it. Yeah. And just kind of like go at your own pace. And, and we all know what, how much we can handle Absolutely. when we've got too much on our plate. Yes. So there was no major pivot in your life. You said there was several. So let's finish off with what were the three biggest lessons that you learned from your several pivotal moments in your life? Okay. I would say that for sure, once I realized, you know, when people always say life is short, yes. life is short, make the most out of it, you know, vive la vida. Mm -hmm. And we just kind of like, sometimes we just kind of like casually say that, or we, we, we think we mean it, but we don't really know it. Yeah. We don't really know it until we actually, actually let it sink in and, and, and understand what that really means. So once I realized when my dad, my father passed away when he was 54 unexpectedly and he had a heart attack and, 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 and died. Um, it was like, kind of like we're talking right now where the major news with Kobe, Kobe Bryant dying. Um, when you, when I actually realized one of the major pivotal moments in my life that you want, you want to know what, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it home tonight. I might not be here. Once I realized that that is really truth, that is the truth. Yeah. So don't worry about the small stuff. And that's another phrase that we like to use a lot. Once I realized that, that I can be gone, that you can be gone, that little things don't matter. Make your life count. Make things happen that you're passionate about. Tell people that you love them. Yeah. Forgive people that, that need to be forgiven in your life. And make everything that you say something that's positive. Because you don't know. You really don't know. Once I realized that was a huge pivot in my life. And there are worse things in life. You know, you think you had a bad day. Once I realized that I may not have tomorrow, today's a great day. Whatever happened today, it was awesome because I'm here. I'm talking to you. That was a huge pivotal moment once I realized that. Um, the other pivotal moment was when I let go of my marriage, when I let go of the control, mm. once I realized that I had done everything that I could to, to, to keep this together, that I was holding on too tight, and maybe I was part of the problem because yeah. I was trying to do it all. And, and what God wanted me to do was to release it. So that was another huge pivotal moment. Once I realized that, you know what? I can't always fix everything. I can't always be everything to, yeah. to everybody. You know, things are going to work themselves out the way they should. And I just need to let it go and let God take care yes. of it. Let go and let God. Hey. <laughs> yes. So those are, those are two of my major, um, moments once i i pivoted my life changed once once i understood those two great things and the very last thing i would have to say is that no matter what no matter who lets me down because even the most people the most faithful people in our lives they're going to let us down uh -huh. once i realized that my relationship with with god with jesus christ is my savior once i knew that he had my back in my entire life and every decision and everything in my life was with, with his support, with his peace, with his love, anything and everything that happened was secondary to that. Yeah. Those were the, those are the three major things. Um, pivots in my life. Realization of those three things was like freedom for me. It was peace. And those are the most amazing, um, aha pivotal moments of my life awesome this has been an absolute pleasure i could have made this podcast like two hours but i was like trying to be mindful um i love it you know i i don't have a a certain amount of time it's i just let it flow, flow freely and i hope that the audience got as much as i got out of it I can't wait to see 
what we create in the near future. Yes, um, ma'am. And thank you so much again for, for gracing us with your presence. And there you have it, everyone. Lisa Marie Gallegos. <laughs> I will um, link her podcast on here so you could reach out to her and listen to her amazing podcast. But until next time, continue being your own definition of bold. Thank you, Anel.